Hey, songwriter, welcome to The Hang. This is an interview that is hosted on the songwritingpro.com website with an industry pro. Now, I'm going to share a little bit of this with you because I think it'll be entertaining and inspiring and informational and help you on your songwriting journey. If you want to see the whole video and all the previous and future episodes of The Hang, you can just hop on over to songwritingpro.com and join today. Start your 14-day free trial. We'd love to have you join us. If you're already a member, just log in, go over to The Hang in the member area, and you can watch it. If you're not a member, now's a great time to join. All right, let's get to The Hang. Today's guest is a Grammy-nominated songwriter who's had two number ones on the charts, Jason Aldean's Take a Little Ride, which spent three weeks at number one, and Brantley Gilbert's You Don't Know Her Like I Do. He's also had songs recorded by Tim McGraw, Keith Urban, Luke Bryan, Kelly Clarkson, John Party, Cody Johnson, Trisha Yearwood, Randy Travis, Ronnie Millsap, Jamie Johnson, Smash Mouth, and many more. Our guest is also a faculty member at Loyola University in New Orleans, where he teaches songwriting. He has lectured extensively on songwriting at uh, Berkeley College of Music, Georgetown University, Vanderbilt University, Belmont University, and Tulane University, as uh, well as Grammy Pro and NSAI events. He divides his time between Nashville and New Orleans, where he lives with his wife and three sons. Jim McCormick, thanks for hanging with us today. Thank you, sir. Good to be here. Yeah, man. So this is a for those of y'all watching, we just met right before this. So this is going to be fun. I'm, I get asked questions I honestly don't know the answer to. <laughs> so, uh, Jim, you know, my goal for today's hang is to inspire, educate, and motivate our fellow songwriters just to basically have an honest conversation that can hopefully help them get where they want to go. So yeah. you ready? Yes, sir. All right. So I like to start off with uh, stories of what I call, you know, cuts and bruises. So your favorite story of a cut could be your first cut, could be, just one that means something to you for whatever reason it means something to you. And then the other side, we're going to balance it out with a story of a music business bruise. So it could be the cut that didn't happen, the deal that ended, whatever it is. The bruise. Uh, we all got plenty of bruises. The bruise. You know, I mean, like every cut is an amazing minor miracle in yes. life, right? So I mean, I adore and I'm grateful for all of them. And there's, there's a bunch of good stories. You know, I'll tell, we were just now talking about that Randy Travis album that both yeah. of us are on. And uh, what a great honor that is to hear Randy Travis sing your words. Oh, yeah. But I think that cut might be the most personally meaningful cut to me. That song was written with two close friends who knew me well. Um, I was going through not a giant rough patch, but I was not going through a good patch of life. And they were there to sort of put a mirror up on me and... I didn't want to write that song. That song mm -hmm. came from a conversation about me that I never would have wanted to put into a song. And yeah. um, those two guys kind of said, you know, you're writing that song, buddy. Like, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm yeah. so glad we did because, you know, it was, it was a difficult song to write because it was so honest and true and vulnerable. And then to have it validated by Randy wow. Travis and his producer, and that they wanted to embrace that song. Mm -hmm. That just, that took me as a songwriter to a different place where I realized the stuff that you're scared of writing yeah. might just be the very best writing you will ever do. Go ahead and follow through, you know? Yeah. And that, so for those of y'all watching, the song is called You Didn't Have a Good Time. It's on the Around the Bend record. And it's, yeah, it's one of those that really stood out to me listening to it too, um, just because it is such a mirror such an honest mirror that doesn't get talked about much yeah, you know, yeah. in country. So, Definitely not. I don't recommend writing a bunch of depressing kind of songs, but 
by God, you know, it got cut and uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it felt, felt so good. That's awesome. So yeah, that is, uh, I, yeah, that's amazing feeling to have Randy sing anything. Um, right. I was, mine was on the other end of the spectrum. It was, it's totally goofy song. So it's good. We balanced out. We balance each other out, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so that's, yeah, that's a great cut. And one that sat on the shelf for a while too. It did. I know my cut sat there for about two years, I think. Yep. It, yep. it sat on the shelf. I I was out of a pub deal. Like I was in between. I was onto another one when that one finally came out, but it was worth the wait. Okay. Um, so that's, that's a story of a cut. What's a music business bruise to kind of let us every, all know it's not all wine and roses. I've ever written. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, truly, you know, it's like we work, you know, I mean, the, the game is rejection, right? The game is yeah. sustaining rejection repeatedly over long periods of time. In my case, over 20 years. And it's yeah. just, you know, you have to accept that and not be bothered by it. There's so many bruises, so many close calls. Um, but I think somewhere along the way, you know, I just, I learned to kind of just take it in stride and pick up and write the next song and, and just, you know, stay, stay in love with the technology of words yeah. that songwriting is all about for me. And, uh, but I, you know, I don't know, you know, it's like, I can remember Luke Bryan and I had a song we'd written called every time I see you, I think it was on his second album maybe. And he told me, he said, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but uh, like they were picking the third single, yeah. know, fourth single. And he's like, it kind of came down to your song and another one. And I don't even want to tell you how close it was. And I'm like, don't tell me, man. Don't tell me. Don't. So that, Maybe that was a cut, you know, um, a bruise, right? But yeah, look, I'm, you know, it's an old cliche, but I really am happy to be at the party. So like, you know, <laughs> if you're getting bruised, at least you're in the ring, man, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. I mean, those are, you know, almost had the single. Yeah, that's a, uh, there are two ways to look at that. Right. Yeah, that's great. Um, so you split time between Nashville and New Orleans. I'm curious, you know, a lot of the songwriting pro community, they live outside of Nashville, New York or LA, one of the major music centers. And there had someone asked me the other day, Hey, how can I make this happen from a distance? Do I have to move there? That sort of thing. What's been your story? Have you ever lived in Nashville full time or? I did. Yeah. For about 15 years. Okay. Um, but that was after going to Na- So rewind all the way back to the beginning of me going to Nashville. I mm. didn't just move to Nashville. I went to Nashville first, like everybody else, just to kind of check it out. Yeah. Then I had a mentor friend who let me sleep on his couch two weeks a month. And I would return to New Orleans and paint houses and hang sheetrock. I had previously been a teacher at the University of New Orleans mm-hmm. and, and then an editor at a magazine. I left those jobs and started going to Nashville to write songs with everybody and anybody who would write with me, right? You just kind of start hanging out, writing yeah. with everybody. And and then I'd come back to New Orleans and I'd just work for cash under the table and, and, you know, do whatever grunt work I could for friends who had construction companies or property that needed painting. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that period, that was four years of two weeks back and forth. And to, it, I was not flying reconnaissance missions. I just was still, I was able to make money with people I knew in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, and then I'd go to Nashville and I'd write three or four times a day, honestly, yeah. um, during that period. Um, and then I think it was maybe, I don't know, it was, it was close around Katrina or so that I just became a full-time Nashvilleian. Mm. I stayed there for about 15 years, 14 years. Um, and it was great. But when my wife and I decided to start a family, all of the grandparents live in New Orleans. 
And we made the decision to return and raise the boys in the shadow of the grandparents. And yeah. it's been one of the best decisions I could have made for my family, but also for my creative life. Um, and once we did that, I maintained my business in Nashville by commuting back and forth. Mm. I, f- I would fly up on pre-COVID, and I'll go back to this shortly, I hope. Yeah. I fly up on Tuesday morning, and I fly home on Thursday evening. So I get three full days of binge songwriting. And I'll write two a day, or a demo session, or a dinner meeting, or whatever it is. But I'm 100% immersed in the songwriting business. And when I come home, I'm Mr. Mom, right? And I can really yeah. give myself to my kids. But that that was you know so the beginning in the beginning stages it was really just sort of out of um, pragmatism to kind of you know maintain some income coming in and then go up there and write 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 with everybody I could once once I was able to I moved there and I think that you know when you're starting out there's only so far you can get kind of running reconnaissance missions international yeah. right at some point you kind of if you want to climb mountains you got to go where the mountains are right yeah. you, you kind of you kind of got to make the move there everybody there as Ralph Murphy, rest his soul, used to say, everybody there got in their little rowboat and <laughs> rowed out from the safety of their hometown shores. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody there knows what a scary prospect that is. And, yeah. you know, the town in general, at least us songwriters, I like to believe, are very supportive of newcomers mm-hmm. when they get to town, especially if they've got that spark in their eye and they've got a good work ethic. And they're, you know, it's just, it's exciting to be around that new energy for, oh, for, yeah. for us, for guys who have been around for a long time. And so, there's, there's a sort of unofficial mentorship that goes on, I think, between songwriters. It's, it's really, I think, you know, it's a joy and it's, it's very beneficial to go be a part of it and dive in. If you would like to hear the rest of this interview or hear all past and future Hang episodes, join songwritingpro.com today. Before we go, let's leave you with a little word from one of our members. Hey, you guys, it's Carrie Latham, and I'm just here to give a shout out to Brent Baxter, Songwriting Pro, all the opportunities that Brent works so hard to create for us as songwriters. You know, he's got the pitch to pro. He's got the opportunity to write with other artists and song title challenges and just the daily Facebook exercises that keep us all motivated and supporting each other and growing those relationships. And so I'm just on here to say, you know, recently Brent picked one of my songs, Did You See the Moon Last Night, as a top 10. And, you know, you get all geared up and think it's about you, the song, and the publisher. And you get there and you realize that more can come from showing up. And so from that event, um, another writer reached out to me. And um, we ended up getting together, bringing in a third writer that we were familiar with and wrote a song. And the week we got it finished and a demo done on it, it was put on hold for an upcoming movie. And so you don't see that coming. All you're thinking about is, is the publisher going to take my song? But just remember that it's about showing up and um, staying aware of the outside opportunities when someone that works so hard like Brent and Songwriting Pro to create these things for us. So just wanted to give that shout out and say, show up keep writing and um and don't miss all the opportunities in the room there's usually not just one there's a lot going on if you pay attention so anyway right on everybody
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.